I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about dating after divorce. Well, a lot of people wind up in marriages that don't work out. I mean, the what, literature says it's over 50% or over around 50%? Around 50%. Right? Which is pretty crazy when you think about, you know, all these people um, have really committed their lives to somebody. They get up in front of all their friends and their family. They take these vows. And then two years later, they give up. They can't do it anymore. One partner starts work, stops working on the relationship, or both do. Yeah. Um, and next thing you know, you're going through a divorce and your whole world is upside down. And two years or 10 years or 20 years, it can happen at any point Yeah. Um, for various reasons. Yeah. You know, you have to look at a relationship like it's a living entity that you're both supposed to take care of together. Right. Because if one person tries to do it and the other one doesn't, it's not going to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't. You both have to put into it. And sometimes, you know, there'll be periods where one of you doesn't work on it and, you know, you can turn it around, but it can't stay like that forever. No, it can't. <clears throat> so we're going to be looking at divorce today and what it's like to date after divorce. And Margaret's got some really good info on it. I have been having several cases lately where we're talking about a second time around relationship which is wonderful for both parties they're excited they're thrilled and things seem to be going well until all of a sudden they're not mm -hmm. one of the factors that seems to be involved of many is that sometimes it's very hard to have time to grieve your divorce and I read several articles in the last week that talk about that at some great length and I'll, I'll talk with you about one of them. This is a woman named Emma Johnson, who I guess is well known um, for sharing thoughts on the computer. And at first she talked about when her husband fell off the cliff. And I thought it was a metaphor, like, you know, he kind of disappeared. But no, he really did fall off a cliff. Wow. They had um, several children. Things were going relatively well for them, and the man literally fell off a cliff. Oh he did not die in the fall, but he was so badly injured that um, he was he was going to be bedridden for the rest of his life and incapable of functioning at all. Oh, my gosh. So all of a sudden, she's in the midst of this divorce, which she didn't want or plan. And she said, divorce often robs us of the opportunity to mourn the romantic relationship itself because there is so much practical and logistical hell to contend with at the time of the split. And then she kind of lists them. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming, including oh, yeah. your children's care and feelings. Children are always upset. Finances. Worry that you will be destitute because you've usually been robbed of half your income. Yeah. And you still have all the bills. Right. Right? 
custody, which can be a nightmare and go on for years. And, and you, especially because your partner or your ex may try and make your life a living hell. Let's say they didn't want the divorce, they may try and punish you. Absolutely. Yeah. So custody can be awful, in and out of court, lots of money. The parents could be pitting the kids against you because they want revenge for Happens leaving them. all the time. Yeah. Worry that your children will be forever damaged or angry at you, and they certainly will be angry at you for a while. Yep. Um, oftentimes you have to relocate from where the family home had been, and that's disruptive to everybody. Yep. So the kids might have to go to right. different schools, right. a different school district, be away from their friends, and kids hate to be away from their friends. And the older they are, the worse it is. And when we talked about adolescence in this a couple of weeks ago, I think we neglected to say that moving the family home and the school for an adolescent is absolutely the end of the world. Yeah. Now they've lost their whole world, their family and their friends. Yep. Um, you might have to relocate. You have a lost relationship with the in-laws, and you may have been attached to them. Or other family members. Yes. Cousins. Absolutely. Uh, brothers, sisters. Yeah. Because sometimes the ex will say, I don't want you to communicate with your, you or whoever anymore. Right? They'll want to cut that relationship off. And everybody's off. on everybody's Facebook by this time. Yep. Um, divvying up personal items. Um, all those things. When I thought about that, and I thought the number of people who go through this, it's just awful. And then if you watch your partner move on before you do... That really hurts. Oh, that would really kill you. Mm -hmm. And who do you think that happens with the most? I think, you mean... Who, the man or the woman? Who I is? think the woman finds the opportunity to date sooner you, than the men. Than the men. Yeah. But in, in either case, it's very disturbing. He or she is just moving on, and I'm sitting here still dealing with the realtor and the court and so forth. And oh, so forth. yeah. That's brutal. So this woman says, you know, I stuck out my jaw... And I made sure the kids and my business and the money and the divorce and the house were all in order. Okay, so that's what she did. And when she had a breakup in a, in a relationship the second time around, she absolutely fell apart. And she called a very dear friend of hers who basically said to her, I watched you deal with all of this for four years. You never failed, you never faltered, you did what you had to do, and she said she was concerned all the way along that when the grief hit, it was going to be heavy duty. And where the grief hit her was when the second relationship fell apart. Okay, so you're saying she had ended her first marriage, right. found somebody new, was yep. able to move on, yep. finally got past the divorce, That's was able right. to move through all that, and then when the new relationship fell apart and the dust had settled, the grief came from both. Absolutely right. So I, I certainly know what she's saying. And I've been hearing it from several other people that the end of that second relationship totally feels like the end of the world. Yeah. And, you know, this woman had gone through the first part of it just magnificently well. She had done everything she needed to do, took care of all the practicalities, but had not taken enough time for herself mm -hmm. to do the grief work. Yeah. But, and you can see that as you start to get close to somebody in that second relationship, all those old feelings are going to come up. All right. There's a Latin poet um, who describes it as little footprints appear on your heart, reminding you what it feels like to be in love. 
And of course, that's mm. going to make you think of your first love as don't, well. Don't you just love that Margaret can quote Latin poets? <laughs> <laughs> Please bear with me. I can't help myself. But I love that metaphor. And the word is vestigia for little, little footprints, like vestiges, little mm -hmm. vestigia you see on your heart, little, little footprints of Cupid, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so there that is. Anyway, it's just awful. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things to think about when you begin to date for that second relationship, among the other 5,000 things you have to think about, is have you grieved your divorce? Um, how have your children fared? And this woman again shares a wonderful story of her six-year-old um, coming back from a visit with some of dad's relatives and suddenly bursting into tears and saying, why can't our family be like Eleanor's, I guess that's the cousin, um, where everybody's still here. Dad's yeah. gone, you're gone, and now I can never again have both of you at the same time. Who would expect that out of the mouth of a child? But yeah. children are, are right on. So there's all that stuff that continues to happen. Do so you, you have, have to ask yourself, have I, have I grieved my divorce and has my new partner grieved theirs? And that's one question that I think maybe you have some strategies on. What is something somebody could do to grieve their divorce? Simply take the time. And I think what you have to remember is no one argues that you have to grieve a death. Okay? Everybody understands that there's a grief process where you're sad. You figure most major religions have some sort of a ceremony at the one-year point. Okay, Catholics have extra masses, Jews do an unveiling. There are lots of things that major religions do to sort of mark the, the grieving of that first year. But nobody expects, at least that I hear in, in common circles and around psychotherapy, that grieving a divorce is at least as difficult in some ways, maybe more difficult. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we expect to have to grieve a divorce. Mm -hmm. And we need to expect that we need to. Um, mm -hmm. And it's going to take time and it's going to take energy. And it's easy to say, I don't have time, I'm still trying to deal with all of these loose ends and so forth and so on. Yeah. But eventually the psyche will make you make time, one way or another. Um, you can get an illness that will, you know, knock you out long enough that you can do the grief work. But somehow, um, your psyche always know it, knows it's, it needs to be done and will try to find a way to do it. It's much easier to sort of accept how I've done all this other stuff, how am I going to deal with the grief? So how do you do it? What now, would that look like? Okay, it would look like you saying, wow, I remember how much in love with Joe I was and how much in love we were when we got married. That was a great relationship um, until we were married for five years and other things, whatever they are, began to happen. He started drinking. Yeah, he started drinking or he started running around or he lost his job and he got really depressed or his mother got a long-term illness that pulled him away from you. All the things that can happen to human beings. Yeah. But you have to remember and re-experience the good times and the bad times yeah. before you can let go of it. In other words, you have to process the feelings and that means make friends with them, entertain them, talk about them, think about them, feel them. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that, then you can let them go. But before that, it's kind of like the best I can do is emotional indigestion, okay? 
um, that those feelings are there and will come out at odd times. People talk about suddenly bursting into tears for no reason they're aware of, you know? And that, that right there is oftentimes unfinished grief, okay? Um, so, for the people out there that are going through a divorce right now, it's really important that you look at the relationship, you know, the pros, the cons, what you loved about them, what yeah. you didn't, where you made mistakes, what you wish you could have done differently, differently. Yeah. where they made mistakes, I mean, why it wasn't repairable, um, you know, all of those things. Um, and you want to do that before you get into another relationship. That's right. That's right. And most of the time when you hear that these relationships have fallen apart, they have moved quite fast. And when you're talking about a second time around relationship, fast moving is not what you want because you're dealing with too many variables, yeah. you know. Um, and I was reminded by someone I was talking with just recently that, you know, you also have to, she had had, I believe, two marriages prior to um, the relationship she was calling about and she was saying she had grieved one of them and not the other and that she had learned to make different kinds of accommodations in both of those and she was absolutely right that you would have to look at both of those relationships and think about the relation the the impact they had upon you and what kind of grief work you have to do the way Freud conceives of grief I like a lot mm -hmm. he conceives of it as energy Lots of times when he thought about things that had to do with the steam engine, but he talked, I'm not kidding, but he had, he thought about it in terms of energy. And if you think of someone you're married to, think of the amount of time and the amount of energy you have invested in them. Yep. Part of the grieving process is taking that energy back and it can't happen quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay? And if you're in a divorce situation, you're still arguing with your spouse over um, custody and finances and all of that sort of thing, then some of your energy is still going into that. So don't expect it to be over too soon, you know, because you can't, you don't have the energy yet to invest. It's still tied up in all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So take your time. Um, and of course, as we're accustomed to, if one partner is avoidant and one is anxious, that pours gasoline on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, because um, if somebody's saying, this is going to take me longer, I need space, that can trigger an anxious partner to say, well, I need some kind of assurance from you, and then on it will go to, I'm overwhelmed and I can't do this anymore, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. So give each other lots of space mm -hmm. to finish the unfinished. Uh, now, when you say that, are you meaning with uh, one couple that's going, one person that's gone through a divorce and another person that's gone through a divorce and they're working it out, they're trying to date? That's what I'm talking about, okay. yes, that they're both dealing with, and it's it's common that, you know, you've both had long-term relationships before. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just saying, don't be in too much of a hurry, because it, it can end up damaging the relationship. And oh, yeah. don't ever hesitate to ask about the pace of a relationship. It's something that can absolutely be talked about. And you can say to your partner, how about the relationship? Is this going okay for you? Mm -hmm. Is it too fast? Is it too slow? Is it just right? Like Goldilocks said. Uh, and then your partner has a chance to answer. 
You know? Always better to go slower. Always better to go slower. In anything that's relationship involved, yes. So for those of you that are going through a divorce, you know, you got to look at what happened before you move forward right. and before you get into another relationship. Yeah. Um, that's the adult thing to do. Right. Um, is to really work on yourself, to grow, and then you know, that will give you a better chance of making the relationship work for the next That's person. That's it, exactly. Yeah. And, and like I say, I don't know how much permission we have to grieve a divorce. Um, and, you know, I have said to people, have you grieved the divorce? Oh, yes, yes, I'm over that. Okay. <laughs> um, but you're still dreaming about it, you're still talking about it, and you're still saying your wife better not do X, Y, and Z like your first wife did. Mm -hmm. Like your new, new person better not do that. Mm -hmm. And you hear that, you know, my wife used to do that, and I can't handle it when she does that, and you know you're not done. Okay? Um, and it's normal and it's healthy to grieve. Yep. Look at what you're coming out of. Mm -hmm. Take it slow before you get into yep. another relationship. Yep. Because you know, you need to make sure the person that you're going to be with or start a new relationship with has done that. Because if they haven't and you try and get into another relationship before they're ready, what's going to happen? I can think of a couple I worked with a long time ago. And they were lovely people. If you met them, you'd like them. Um, but they were both quite recently um, widow, widowed. And they decided to be together and to grieve together, and they did it. I wasn't sure they would in any way be able to, but they did it. They would go to visit the partner's grave together, okay? And they really did manage to do it. Mm. Um, not easy, um, but they were very willing to acknowledge that they needed to grieve, and I think that's the trick. I think once you accept the fact that this has to be grieved, you do better. Yeah. And then you're not beating yourself up. Why am I not over this is a phrase you want to um, kick out of your vocabulary. What's wrong with me? I should be over this. It's two years. No, you shouldn't until you're over it. Yeah. And if it takes two years or ten years, um, you have to do the process. All right. Is that all you wanted to share about this one? That's it. All right. A lot of information for you guys to think about. Um, we do see divorces come up a lot. Um, actually, you know, it's funny. People... Sometimes will email email me and be like, "Do you guys help with situations with divorces?" Yeah. Of course. Yes. Of um, course. It comes up, um, but I don't think we really make it a central topic. We haven't, and I can see from the number of calls I'm receiving that it is a very, very important topic. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll cover it again. Yes, and if that's your issue, please feel free to contact us. Absolutely. Of course, if you want to get our help personally. Just go to my website, AskCraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Absolutely. Feel free to sign up with me. I'd love to talk with you. That's right. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.